Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think we're going to need to see that again. Sorry, we're out of time. is over but we have to go back down the hatch it's the lost rewatch podcast here on post show recaps talking about the epilogue of lost the new man in charge hello everybody i am josh wiggler and everybody's got friends even me and my friend is mike bloom josh i came to a startling realization just listening yeah. to that opening so there's two guys that are in Guam over uh-huh. 20 years. Is is that future oh, yeah. us? Absolutely, hundred percent. That's that's future us, right? Like so the, I could realistically so see map. The tall us then. guy's name is Hector, and the short guy's name is Glenn. So you're obviously Hector, and I'm pretty clearly Glenn. Um, why did we go by Hector and Glenn? <laughs> You know it with some stupid ass names that we came up with. Runners in Lost Down the Hatch about a Hector or a Glenn. Wouldn't we have gone? I mean, no time like the present. (laughs) (laughs) This is a this is the time Uh loop, Josh. We came up with the names right now in this podcast, so that down the line we give ourselves those very names. Down the Hector. DTH. Exactly. I don't know where Glenn. Of course, we've been recording. From a Glen, you know, I've just been recording down by the Glen. Uh, you know, you know. <laughs> I suppose so. We're like, oh, we got to talk about Lost a Glen, and then we're we just spirals off into that. I mean, that really is us. Here we are. Uh, Malcolm and Jimmy T got nothing on us, baby. This is the true future selves confirmed. Oh my god, it's us. It's Glenn and Hector, your hosts. Your <laughs> You know, it's just been us this whole time, uh, Glenn and Hector. Uh, okay, so hey. Uh, to be fair, no one has told us to stop podcasting about Lost, well, so that's why we kept doing well, it for two and a half so, years. So what happened was Mike and I, uh, you know, got off of the second day of recording the eight-hour podcast about the series finale, and then the next day we got back on, and this is it. We haven't stopped. Uh, we just have mm-hmm. kept going. 
And every day afterwards, we probably have podcasts. And so the next Down the Hatch episode is day four and so on is mm-hmm. probably how this is going to go. Um, Mike, we're talking about the new man in charge today. We're not doing the feedback yet. We're really trying to prolong this thing as much as we can. <laughs> Well, and also, the fact of the matter is, talking a bit with the Ben behind the curtain and Fitzy, you know, our intrepid people, as we're going to talk about some intrepid people who work behind the scenes in this sort of 10-minute epilogue, they've been helping us instrumentally since the very beginning. Uh, Y'all sent in a large amount of feedback. feedback. It's awesome. There's so much to get through. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, whether it's about the end, whether it's about the series as a whole. That being said, uh, in the week we're recording this, Josh and I are on a little bit of a, a tight squeeze in terms of time, and we didn't feel necessarily. Yeah, we didn't feel like necessarily we've, we've crammed in, you know, the holiday meals, but I don't think we would be able to allocate a sufficient amount of time to talk about the new man also in to charge. Organize it all. And There's a lot of organization effort that needs to be undertaken in order to get the feedback show up in time. And we thought that we'd be able to do it, but it was a real push. And we were like, you know, we just delivered an eight hour podcast. I think it's okay if we do a really short one. And if we just talk about the new man in charge and we will come back next week. Uh, well, you know, we're going to come back. We're, we're not going to come back on a Friday. Uh, how about this? Because that Friday. Friday would be January 7th. Why would we do anything other than drop the podcast on 108? So we will come back with our uh, with our season six feedback special. Give us an extra day to do it uh, on 108 2022. So this is the last lost podcast of the year, Mike. But it's not it's not wow. the last down the hatch. Down the hatch continues into 2022. Right. It's this weird sort of soft bookmark right about how 2021 will always be remembered as the year we've finished the episodic rewatch but down the hatch will keep going uh you know in in many forms but that being said this also gives you the opportunity and hell even an extra 24 hours if you'd like to send in your feedback about the episodes of season six or the end in general or the series in general uh one of the other reasons why things have been a little prolonged uh, we have received a tsunami of responses of longtime listeners about this podcast and what it has meant to them. And I, I, I think we need a little bit extra time to like almost put into words how much I'm that still means processing to all us. of this, Mike, to be completely honest with you. Um, oh, yeah. You know, like I'm in this position right now where I'm still, you know, it is in, in the, to really be honest with everybody, it's been a week since we've recorded, uh, the end as I am saying these words. And I don't know about you, Mike, but I have been thrown for, I, I felt knocked out by the whole process in a great way. Uh, it was so. Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, getting in a boxing match with a kangaroo. You feel thrillingly um, knocked out. I mean, in the I process. don't know that I'd compare it to that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're like, oh, that kangaroo hit me. Oh, no, I don't so think fun. that I would divine any joy from getting into a boxing match with a kangaroo. I would wonder, I would, I would be both afraid, I would probably have my ass kicked, and I would be very concerned with the decisions in life that put me in the boxing arena with the kangaroo. So, no, none of this feels like boxing a kangaroo because so much of this is joy, Mike. Uh, I'm still recovering from the joy hangover of doing the end as a podcast uh engaging with people about it and then just having the experience of sitting down to watch the new man in charge this week I was like, wait i have an 11 minute episode of lost that's it there's no more after this this I is know. it this is it uh yeah, this is the the final recorded footage of Lost. Uh, I mean, unless we count certain alternate endings that were present in a Jimmy Kimmel special, which we also we spoke about last week. Like, oh, we'll throw that in. Here's the thing. Yeah. Full disclosure: we watched it. 
It is the, absolutely the off Jimmy the wall. Jimmy Kimmel's special <laughs> called Aloha to Lost, which aired immediately after the Lost finale and features many members of the Lost cast, as well as a special series of ridiculous things from Damon and Carlton. It is insane. I watched it earlier today, and it's nuts, and I'm unprepared to comment on it any further. I do think it's going to require its own podcast. I think that I, I think, think we, so, I think yeah. we have to recap Aloha to Lost, and I did not realize that that was a thing that we were going to have to do until I watched it. And I was like, we have to actually devote a podcast to that. That's not the feedback show. We will have to do Aloha no. to Lost at some point because it is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It's insane. If you want just a glimpse, a glimpse as to why this thing requires its own recap, and I think we have to break out the sound machine again. I do think we have to pull clips. Just as a a pure aperitif, the special Aloha to Lost, the official special to serve as a reunion slash farewell to the series Lost, is sponsored by Bud Light. (laughs) It's so stupid. You know, Bud Light, the official beer yeah. of loss. Screw away, uh, Dharma. So it's wild. We'll have to do that as its own thing. So uh, all of this uh, explanation and expository information aside, we're just going to do the new man in charge. We're delaying the feedback show. That'll be on 108.22 is when that's going to... Oh, should we delay it to, to uh, 108.23 so it's on a loss number? Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. Let's just push back a random podcast yeah. an entire 365 days with no explanation whatsoever. It's just, you know, you yeah. know why we're doing I think it. It's not a bad idea, to be honest with you. Uh, no, we're going to give it to you. Uh, 108.22. That'll be the... F- we're going to give it to you like no. that kangaroo gave uh, it to God. me. Uh, that'll be the feedback show. And then we've got a, another bonus show that we've got in mind for January that actually has nothing to do with Aloha to Lost. So we have to figure out when we'll do Aloha to Lost. I don't know if that's going to be soon or later, but we do have one other bonus show that we want to do in January. And then it's going to be February when Mike and I are really back in the kitchen cooking up the podcast with the cranberry sauce that you like here on Down the Hatch. And it's fine. Finally, time to tell you what we're going to do because we were going to tell you on the feedback show. We want to make sure you know so you have something to look forward to with the future of Down the Hatch. So the episodic rewatch, it's over. We did it. The thing is done. We're going to talk about the new man in charge today, but we've got no new episodes of Lost to talk about at this point. So we want to talk about the episodes of Lost that we've already talked about uh, because that's how we do things and we're insane people and we're crazy. Um, we have been over the last several weeks asking you to send in your score which we have rebranded your fish biscuits on a scale of 0 to 4.2 for every single episode of Lost. There is a reason for that. It's because we want to get the official down-the-hatch rankings of every episode of Lost ironclad and memorialized for the sake of history. And we are going to break it all down over the course of multiple episodes of Down the Hatch, ranking every episode ever of Lost. Very throwback. Mike, because once upon a time in the old days of post-show recaps when we had Lost Lives, the first Lost podcast we ever did Mm -hmm. on DTH, culminated in an episode ranking that we did via draft. It was you, 
so yeah it was the oddest was way to so rank fun. things where i was like okay you you go you throw you an go, episode Reyes. on there uh, we uh we had four people on that panel and we would rank an episode of lost and we would draft an episode and that would be how we came up with the ranking and it was very comical and ridiculous and a fun listen i'm sure if you go back i think it's a three-part podcast if i'm not mistaken oh yeah i'm sure especially because at the time uh, we had recorded that i had not watched the full series probably for the f- whole way through ever and so i'm probably either talking on my butt for oh, a lot yeah. of those later season episodes or make probably making huge suppositions that i probably am vehemently yes. against nowadays that was where you and i got into it was our first podcast we did yep. together uh and also where like contentiousness was yes. born as well and then i think i ranked yes. trisha tanaka right Very in the low. middle saying was it was pissed. just okay and you you were in all these years later we're friends and still podcasting with each other so i wasn't that mad uh but you could go back down the hatch and listen to that episode of lost lives uh the episode ranking draft this is different what we're going to do is mike and i have given our scores all series long so have you dear listener you still can and it really really matters because we are going to lock in the scores officially uh i'm going to say we are going to have that closed off january 21st January 21st, 2022 is the hard cutoff for you to send in your scores for every episode. One, two, one, Uh, two, two. One, two, one, two, two. That's what we're looking for. Uh, Should we do one, two, 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 two? Should we, should we do it January 22nd? <laughs> Let's do that. One, two, 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 two. One, two, 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 okay. two. One, two, 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 two. That's what we're looking for. That sounds like how I was trying to count after I boxed that yes. kangaroo. One, two, 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 two. That is when you need to send us your scores for every single episode of Lost down the hatch at postshowrecaps.com. For any episode of Lost that has happened, send in your score from a, from a scale of zero to 4.2. Uh, if you've already sent in scores, you can revise them. You can send them in uh, to down the hatch at postshowrecaps.com, but we're locking it there so that we can start the process of organizing the countdown podcasts. We don't know how many podcasts this is going to be. Uh, we have not figured out the entire structure for how this is going to go. We know that we've got clips that we want to bring in. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Operation Mattingly, a secret, uh, mm-hmm. a secret cabal behind the scenes that has been pulling <laughs> together clips uh, that will be relevant. Relevant to uh, the every episode ranked countdown that we're going to do here on Down the Hatch. And with your scores, with my scores, with Mike's scores, uh, we are going to have those official Down the Hatch episode rankings that we've been generating all series long. And over the course of multiple podcasts, a yet to be determined number of podcasts, Mike and I are going to relive all of Lost via the official Down the Hatch episode ranking. It could be a couple of podcasts. It could be a lot of podcasts. We don't know. We'll know it when we get to it, and it's going to be really fun to do, and we're very excited about it. We're really pumped to have mostly a month off from Lost, but then mm-hmm. starting in February, we're coming right back to the island and uh, talking through a lot of our takeaways from across the, uh, the the experience of doing Down the Hatch. So we're really, really hyped about it. Down the Hatch at PostureRecaps.com that's the email address, the easiest way by far to get your scores in. Um, I know Mike is going to swoop in here and say, also start advocating for your favorite episodes. We'd love to read that feedback yep. uh, as we're going through yeah, this. I could, yeah, and that's the purpose is as we get to each episode, you know, if you have an episode that you love, like, start for example, for yeah. I'm sure if... If Josh Wiggler was a, was a listener, he'd probably write in for totally. Trisha Tanaka. And when we got My to that point, episode, then we'd say, oh, and so, and so. And we would read that on the podcast. 
And I would say also simultaneously, if there are episodes that you don't enjoy, I would say this is more so reserved for maybe uh, episodes that are not necessarily on the top or bottom across the law spectrum. So I would say like, yeah, uh, you might not lock Stranger in a Strange Land. Uh, that's great. But if you have like an episode that maybe we enjoy that you do not or vice versa, that would probably be the more compelling thing to write in and read. Because the beautiful thing about Lost in this community is that everyone resonates with different characters, storylines, episodes, even just from watch through to watch through. And so if people want to talk about what resonates with them and how it might compare to Josh and I, albeit our own limited worldview, uh, that's always really interesting yeah. uh, to hear. So we would love that. Down the hatch of Pusher, recaps.com. Um, this is incentive to get your fish biscuits in, to get your feedback in. You are making a difference. You are shaping the podcast. You are making it because we'll go through. We'll start at the very bottom of the thing. We will obviously be talking about Fire Plus Water and Stranger in a Strange Land in that very first podcast, unless all of a sudden people start writing in with a ton of 4.2s. Oh, no. No, no. Okay, no review bombing people, okay? We are better than this. <laughs> DC we, fans, stay away from we, this. Uh, and it's going to be the official Down the Hatch rank of every episode of Lost. So I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be very fun. That is what the immediate future of Down the Hatch looks like once we get through the new man in charge. Next week's feedback show, an additional bonus show in January. We begin the episode rankings for the foreseeable future on Down the Hatch. So the episodes are finished. We have watched all of Lost together as a community, but we are far from finished talking about everything that we learned along the way. So hopefully that is exciting for all of you. Mike, let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we are going to talk through the new man in charge in its entirety, and then we will take naps. That's how this is going to work out. <laughs> let's go to commercial. We will be right back. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Mike, it is time to talk about the new man in charge. Not the not the new heart in charge. That's a different thing that we'll talk about at a later podcast. <laughs> uh, this is uh, the new man in charge. It is the epilogue 
of Lost, directed by Paul Edwards, written by the trio of Melinda Sue Taylor, Graham Rowland, and Jim Galasso. Uh, it is technically a Ben-centric episode of Lost. Is it an episode of Lost? We didn't. We didn't mm. rate the. Uh, we did not do fish biscuits for the missing pieces, Mike. It feels like nope. we should not do fish biscuits for the new man in charge. This isn't an episode of Lost. It's a coda. Yeah, if anything, we should give it the same sort of grading system that we gave those, which was the sort of pass-fail system of send it to Guam or kill well, it I with mean, fire. I mean, it already lives in Guam. Say, uh, that's true. Uh, ironically enough, though, I think the part of Guam is the, the, is the one uh-huh. you kill with fire yeah. arrows, but we'll yeah. get into that. Uh, but I think that it's almost like the length of some of those Mobisodes, right? So this is a really unique piece of lost history because this is something... That came out with came out. the complete series on uh, yeah, that came out uh, on the complete series DVD set as well as I think it came on the season six uh, DVD set as well. Uh, those came out basically at the same time, uh, but this was sort of like I mean, in addition to all the other bonus features that come with all the other you know DVDs that came before it, this was probably the juiciest one of okay. Essentially, what interviews given with Darleton and Jorge Garcia alluded to before this was basically, hey, we know you still have some questions about logistics, and so we're going to take 11 minutes to sort of wrap up some of those aspects Yeah, so this was you. created specifically for the, the Complete Series DVD as well as the Season 6 DVD. It is, I don't believe it's streaming anywhere except uh, illegally on the internet. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Is it a? Did yeah, I, mean, I watch I, an illegal new man in charge today, Mike? Are we the baddies? Is that what We're you're the asking? Good guys, uh, Michael. I, sup- I mean, listen, we'll say it. I don't know if, if we accidentally end up doxing things. It's, it's on, on YouTube. YouTube at the time at the time where we're talking about this. I didn't know any this, better. So. It was on YouTube. It's not like I went to the dark web. You know, I didn't go to a secret internet uh, for this. You know, you know what it, you know what it was. I think that Hurley, as the new man in charge, was like, "Screw this! It's not locked behind a DVD paywall anymore. I'm releasing it for free to everyone." So, thank you, Hurley, for making um, this happen. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, it's the new man in charge. It was created for this purpose. It's 11 minutes and 56 seconds. I don't want to do the math on how many times you could watch the new man in charge to fit into the runtime of our recap of the end. Oh uh, my god! How many new man in charges does it take to listen to josh and mike do the recap of the finale of lost uh it's a horrifying premise i am not prepared to to go there okay uh i'll just do some quick maths uh-huh. here uh you can watch the new man in charge about 43 and <laughs> oh, a half man. times man if, if it's 42 it really would have been faded uh I know, but now it's like, uh, okay, do we not record an eight-hour podcast? Do we make it a little bit less? Or do we, you know, uh, we sort of have to sacrifice one number for another one in this case. We cannot be that synonymous. So So this was created as kind of a lark. It's a a button on the end of the show. It does not take place in the sideways. It takes place in real life. Uh, It is answering a couple of the lingering mysteries left over from Lost. And it is cute, not hot. Uh, But I do think it's cute. If the question is, do we kill this with fire? Do we send it to Guam? It's already in Guam, and I'd like it to stay there. I love that the new man in charge exists. It could have answered questions that were different or better questions, uh, perhaps. Uh, but I just the idea that it exists at all and getting to see 
any of uh, what life looks like once Hurley takes over the island. I think it's a blast, Mike. This is the closest thing to Lost 2 that we're ever going to get. I know, this is like the little crumb that we get from the table. Yeah, so here is the thing. At the time, I remember this just being a huge to-do for a number of reasons. This does answer a bunch of questions that people sort of throwing their hands up, grousing, well, they didn't answer any of the mysteries at the end of the series. They got at least a little bit of a taste here with some of some answers, at least, uh, provided in this case. And so I do think there is some reverence held towards it also for the reasons that you said josh it's also like one more time to live with a couple of characters that we know and love i will say watching it through this time it is more boring than i remember it's kind of boring (laughs) and i think the the issue the issue though is when it doesn't have that veneer of oh my god of the polar bears were brought because of their specific capabilities to electromagnetism like Either if you don't care about the answers or you already know the answers, the first half of the of the the entire thing is just uh, yada yeah. yada yada. And you're just, you're sitting through a Pierre Chang video, and I was like, I forgot that we spent a legitimate third of this on a Pierre Chang it's orientation a, it's video. It's almost twelve minutes long, and do we have the runtime of the Hydra orientation video? Because it does feel like it it occupies roughly sixty six percent of the episode. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the thing, is I, the, when I think new man in charge personally, I think of what's contained in yes. the second half, which is the Walt Hurley Ben stuff, which I think is fantastic. I'm really excited to dig into that. It's great for Ben. It's great for Walt. It's great for Hurley, even though he's off camera most of the time. And it almost makes me feel like I wish we had a little bit more of that, more baked in character things. It goes back to how we digest the yeah. series, Josh, in this, in this watch through of uh, if you watch it for the characters instead of the questions, you're going to have a better time. And as a result, I had a better time with the stuff that dealt with the characters rather than stuff that dealt yeah, well, with the, the questions. Well, the epilogue should do the same thing that the series finale did mike it should be representative (laughs) of all of lost and so the new man in charge is lightly disappointing uh but for what it is i think it's fun uh and it's got some moments that are touching as well uh and it's got some ridiculousness in it as well uh so i think it, it it fits the it fits the bill so we'll talk it through we'll recap the whole thing we did not bring any sounds for it uh because we did a thousand sounds on the end we were debating just <laughs> the having thing. the podcast playing the whole thing and that's it like we know we're not yeah. on it we don't talk i mean i guess we are on it because again that's the two of us that yeah. are in guam but not current versions um, of us i you heard a sound from it at the top of this episode uh spoilers for the the upcoming feedback show as well as the additional bonus podcast the openings for those will also come from the new man in charge so you'll hear three sounds from the new man in charge over the course of this podcast and the next two uh those will be your new man in charge sounds but when we begin mike is there anything else to say before we begin should we just do it no yeah let's just jump in i will say that if you read interviews leading into this there are there were some things that darlton and and jorge garcia you know referred to specifically they said you'll find out more about walt in this uh walt is someone who does not get really mentioned or talked about or seen in the season six and he's probably the only season one cast member who does not aside of like your triple a's right who do not opt to appear uh he was certainly sort of a, a hanging chad in that regard but i do remember that there were some interviews that i I think falsely said more things would be revealed in this than they would. Uh, but that being said, there is a good amount that that is talked about here that I think certainly plays into the mythology of the island that we are 
lucky to know now if you need those logistical blanks filled in as to how does the island and the Dharma initiative work while also in true lost fashion raising further so questions. So it begins in a Dharma logistics warehouse in Guam in all caps. It's all caps on the show. So I'm going to do a very classic down the hatch thing as I turn away from the microphone and say present day. That's when it takes place. <laughs> present day. This is. Do they mean Christmas? Do they yes. mean Christmas Day? The literal yes. present so day. So this takes place in the future, and it takes place on a new holiday that has been just called Present Day. Uh, it is non-denominational. Everybody celebrates it. It's just a day where you open your presents, Mike. Thank you, President, President Discord, Discord, for making. Really <laughs> did a great thing for us with Present Day. Uh, so we should mention here, though, the actual if you read the printout that comes out of the dinky little fax machine, uh, apparently the date and this should be important for how we're timing things out in terms of the timeline is August 24th, 2010, okay. uh, which, you know, cutely enough, is the day that season six DVD was released. But if we're to take that as canon, Josh would mean this epilogue takes place three years after the end okay, of the series. So some time has passed. Uh, Ben and Hurley have been doing their thing for a minute when we catch them in this episode, unless they got frozen donkey wheeled into the future off the island. And I have some reason to think that's possible. Uh, I would like, I would like to do some head cannoning, uh, as we, as we go deeper into this. So they're printing stuff, they're packing boxes. And I don't know why I'm saying they, because it's us. It's Hector. Yeah. We're that's doing Hector it. Bloom and Glenn Wiggler guys. It's us. It's your friendly neighborhood <laughs> down the hatch podcasters getting shouted out and the new man in charge. I grew my hair out. I kind of look like a long haired Paul G. Yamati, uh, I would mm-hmm. say life has been good to me. Yeah, listen, I look like an Abraham Lincoln with mm-hmm. no beard. I suppose life is good to me then from that comparison. You know, you decry the name Glenn, but Glenn Wiggler actually doesn't sound terrible. Yeah, I just terrible. don't know why I went with Glenn. Uh, is it because I'm uh, hiding underneath the dumpster for all of these years? Oh, no. Yeah, and there was that guy who walked to the warehouse with I the baseball bat. I do love pizza. For a Glenn second. used to deliver pizzas. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, speaking of uh, of pea, sh- pea foods, we should note here that they are they are boxing frozen peas. Speaking of pea foods, was a, was a segue into talking about actual frozen peas, which are pea foods, everyone. They are literal pea foods in many ways. Yeah, man, we just can't stop the podcast is the problem. Yeah, yeah again, this is, uh, this is our energy after talking right, for so, eight hours. So here, I'm, now you've set me up for a segue. You ready? Okay, so we're talking about pea foods frozen pea <laughs> foods and now we are going to talk about pea suits because benjamin Linus <laughs> comes in wearing a peach colored suit that the that the peach man himself ray mullen may have tailored Ooh. for benjamin linus as ben comes in excuse me do you think in the intervening years Ray Mullen went on to Project Runway and is now like the Christian Siriano of Oh my god, fashion? Christian Siriano Shepherd. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can go now yeah, down the yeah, runway. Please go. Um Yeah, so they're they're packing up frozen pea foods as Benjamin Linus is wearing a peach suit. Uh, which I thought he looks fantastic in this episode. Uh, being the number two looks really good on Ben, Mike. Yeah, I mean, Ben is now able to 
do what he's always been, I wouldn't say good at, but I would say more comfortable doing, which I think is more of the micro stuff. I think that is sort of the role I'm assuming that Ben has taken on, is he is sort of the guy to come in and serve as Hurley's sort of emissary in a way. Interesting choice, given that I think Hurley just has the more congenial people skills, but I suppose if it's a good cop, bad cop scenario, uh, you would send Ben in as sort of the heavy hitter, right? Because Ben is essentially letting these guys go. He's letting us go. And so I would imagine that Hurley is probably not the best person from a boss perspective to do a firing. Benjamin Linus seems to have the heart or maybe lack thereof yeah, to do that. Yeah, but he's also, uh, he's better at this than Randy Nations. He's at least giving these guys severance. Oh, yeah. He's spending some time with them. They're watching movies together. As far as getting let go goes, uh, you're getting enough money apparently to do whatever you want. He gives them the severance package. He says, "Hey guys, so you're fired. Your services are no longer required. We're closing down. You're free to go." And you and me were both shocked by this as Hector and Glenn. Mm-hmm. What do you mean we gotta go? And he, what are we supposed to do now? And he gives him these envelopes. And he says, you, "I think you can do whatever you want." You look through. There's like a there's like a stack of hundreds. Um, yeah, that's not that's not anything this you want. This is not quite the bailout that I was looking for, you know. <laughs> yeah, not so, Hurley's not great on the stimmies. I it haven't seems. left this room in two years, and you're giving me an envelope of a few hundred dollars. Where have I heard this one before? <laughs> this isn't. I thought he was our savior, but it's more of the same. This isn't right. This isn't right. This isn't how it's supposed to go. Uh, so. Yeah. So, so Ben is, Ben is sent to tie up a few loose ends. And so let's talk about the reality that we're li- future yeah. us are living in here, Josh, because these <laughs> yeah. are guys Lennon, that should are. Should we start uh, mem- referring to each other by our actual names, Hector? Uh, all right, Glenny, <laughs> you got it. I call you Glenny. You're the only one who can. It's because exactly. my middle Otherwise, name is Edmund. So it's Glenn E. Uh, Oh, yeah. Glenn E. Yeah, there was another Glenn in the office with us. The Glenn behind the curtain. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, then he went behind the curtain. He <laughs> yeah, never came never back. Uh, so, yeah, we shouldn't have played hide and seek that one time, but we were so bored because we were there for 20 yes. years running these pallets. So this is the answer as to what's going on with the pallet drops. It's just coming from from us, from these two guys uh, who just never got the memo about the whole purge thing, about the Dharma Initiative just not existing. It does beg the question, you know, have these two guys been here the entire time? Is this like a Greta and Bonnie situation where they've just been situated in this station for the past two decades? It seems uh, have to be they received the, visitors the at all? Roles, right? I mean, that was the hatch. That was, as you say, uh, 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 what was her name? Greta and Bonnie. Um, you, you know, Mikhail, he got to go out a little bit at least, but uh, I would imagine, yeah, they're basically stuck in Guam. Um, so they're in Guam. Are they only in Guam because it's funny? Because it's an in-joke, you think? I mean, Guam is probably fairly close to where the, the island, island I know the island blips around. Yeah, but it doesn't move from, like, Antarctica to the tip of South it, America. It goes you all know? the way like, to Africa at one point in time, you know? I guess that's the case. It's just I would imagine from a from a proximity perspective, but yeah, maybe maybe they just thought uh, whoever the the Hanzos thought that Guam was just lull worthy to plop them down there. But yeah, they've been sort of segregated there for two decades, and they had no idea that the DI fell some time ago. I guess they are particularly lucky 
that they escape with their lives intact. Uh, and I guess they're also lucky that the man who's presenting them with that bundles of cash did not kill them on the spot, considering he was the one to kill off the DI yeah, back ben in the day. Ben has been the leader of the others for a long time uh, when we meet him on Lost, and uh, the Dharma Initiative has been gone for a good minute as well. So if these guys have been here for 20 years, and it's 2010 uh, at this point in time, so they've been there since mm-hmm. basically the the execution of the Dharma Initiative. So were they hired by the DI and they're just holdovers from that? Or do you think that they have been employed by Ben? And is that part of why Ben's like, now Hurley, I know that like you've really tried to rehabilitate me and that we're that I've I feel like we can both agree that I'm a better guy now than I've been, but I also have to tell you that I have just two total jabronis stuck in a warehouse in Guam sending us snacks. And I was like, dude, you got to fire those guys. It's not cool. They can't just live their... I know. I know. Uh, I feel like that might be why is Ben is coming here. He's like, I, I, I got to get... I got to let Hector and Glenn go. I got to get them out so of here. So is that the equivalent of having like an illegitimate family? Like there are kids in another country that I, I, I have to let you know about. I'm yeah. so sorry. My infidelity is showing. That's an interesting very idea. Common, because, uh, yeah, conversation I wonder- that you just described. Of course, actually, a situation we face every day. I love that idea because Ben, you know, helps wipe out the DI, and then they're like, oh, crap, where do we get our food? Oh, okay, Uh, we'll just hire people and pretend that the Dharma Initiative is still going. From that capacity, I do wonder, we talked about, you know, the people that Ben consorts with outside, you know, like the Butcher, for example, back in those early days of Season 5. Maybe she's also someone who was brought in through the quote-unquote Dharma initiative and doesn't know that it's essentially yeah. defunct. Um, interesting. I think there's a lot of possibilities for, for why this is all... I think that the things that I'm the most interested in uh, in the new Man in Charge epilogue are less the answers that we get and more, as Lost is so expert at doing, Mike, uh, generating more questions. Uh, like, how did these... Who hired them... How, how did Ben know Hector and Glenn intimately, aka us? Also, if we are Hector and Glenn, Mike, um, what happened to us that we forgot that we knew that we were Hector and Glenn and that we warged into a television show? Yeah. It's electromagnetism. I think uh, Ben, even though we haven't been on the island, I think Ben sort of like has some residual electromagnetism yeah. on him. And so I think in watching that tape that came from the island as well, it's like the Pierre Chang movie was sort of its own version of the Men in Black Neuralizer that just sort of warped our brains after yeah. the fact. Uh, so Ben tells them, anyway, uh, so here's your severance. Just uh, close the close the door, lock the door, turn off the lights before you go. Bye. And that's it. And that's it. You can't just leave. You can't just we deserve you can't, answers. You just can't walk out of here. We need answers. We deserve answers. And so Ben goes, "All right, before I go, you each get a question, but just one, so make it count." That's the uh, sound clip that you'll hear at the start of the feedback show. Pretty good, right? Yeah, that's I, good, I like right? that. Though I don't like I I don't love Ben pulling like I don't know some sort of troll like riddle system of you must only ask me one mm-hmm. question and then I'll give you the answer. Yeah, one question to make it count. Um, okay, 
So one question, I think that we have to remember that you and I are, um, our, our, our brains have been scrambled at this point, both in the podcast, but certainly in the Glenn and Hector timeline. So we don't remember anything about Lost as these guys. So we're asking questions mm-hmm. that can only be framed in our work as Dharma Logistics Warehouse employees here in Guam. So if that's the case, are these the right questions to be asking? Where are we sending the pallets? And why are we sending polar biscuits yeah i think i give credit to to your question to glenn's yes. question much more because i think that is top of my mind, right? We've been sending this. oh 100 uh which again makes sense why it's the two of us uh you that you ask something meaningful and i go for something completely yes. stupid yes. uh that you know this this idea that you know they've been sending things somewhere for 20 years knowing the destination i think is top of mind i don't know if a follow-up of but the uh, polar bears is that great? I, I I don't know. Maybe something like who told us to do this? Uh, who are we feeding? Would probably be a, a nice one yeah. as well. And maybe that would segue yeah. into the video. Who's getting these pallets? You know, I think would be where are we sending these pallets? Kind of gets. Well, to or that. how about why is the Dharma Initiative dead for quote a yeah, long what time? Happened to them? What, what happened, happened to, to my boss? What happened to the people who's been paying us? Yeah. Ben Ben B went behind the curtain and yeah. never came back. Was where he a part he, of that? Where did he go? Uh, and so where are we sending these pallets? It's to an island. Uh, the coordinates are different every time. This is how he responds to the follow-up question. Of the, he says, how is it possible the coordinates change every time? And he says, the island moves. And then he says, how does it move? And Ben says, well, I said only one question, and I technically just gave you two. Like I take yeah, exactly. I technically it's, just allowed you a second question. Uh, so, in fact, uh, Hector shouldn't be allowed. You're to lucky. Ask. You're, you're lucky. It's present yes. day. That's yeah, my, present my present to you. to you on present day is a second question. Um, Hector asks if the is if so. If this is an island, let's just assume it's a tropical one. Uh, then why are we <laughs> sending polar bear biscuits? Uh, uh, because there's a podcast that rates <laughs> episodes, and so you have to send in your yeah. fish biscuits every uh, and week. Ben says, it's polar bears, actually. There's a bunch of them. And they go, really? And Ben goes, oh, it is present day. How about a movie? <laughs> <laughs> and so we should note here, so this binder that Ben is thumbing through, we talked about this, I think, on the yes. Season 5 DVD. There's like a, a version that does the Dharma orientation manual, complete with a bunch of yes. tchotchkes, including a big binder. This is that yeah. binder. They just flat out pulled something from marketing, including, I believe, Ben is thumbing through DVDs of yeah. the season five yes. episodes before he finds the video. Uh, there was an awesome season five press kit sent out to reporters uh, that my editor at uh, at MTV, shout out to uh, Adam Rosenberg, a legend who's now at Mashable, uh, who was uh, my editor when I was covering season six of Lost. Uh, he got that press kit because he was a cool person with a cool job and he gave it to me and it's a prized possession of mine. <gasps> uh, I will never let it go for any reasons. I will selfishly hold on to this for the rest of my life. No one is able to pry it from my cold dead hands. So, so then when Ben when Ben thumbs through it, are you like, this is bringing back a memory for me? Is this your own wake up yeah. moment where Glenn realizes he's <laughs> future Josh Wiggler? <laughs> yeah, I think so. 
And it's just memories of you holding mm-hmm. the binder. Yeah. <laughs> Let me talk to you about a grievance that I have with this episode. Uh, so, okay. so Ben gathers everybody around to watch the movie. He says, all right, we're going to watch the movie and then we're going to leave. Do we have a deal? And everyone says, yes, we've got a deal. And Ben apologizes for the quality because it's a transfer from an old Betamax. But you can almost not fully hear what he's saying because he's chewing on a Dharma granola bar. Why are we talking about Dharma granola bars? The Apollo bar is right there. Dharma granola bars were never a thing. Do not make Dharma granola bars a thing in the epilogue. We've been eating junk food for seasons, Damon and Carlton. Do not try to put us on a diet now. So I think to bring back a term that we very quickly abandoned, Josh, despite us trying to make it a thing. I think they shot the ranch here. Ironically enough, another Dharma product. They had the candy in canon and said, no, but Ben's a little more of a health nut. So, so he's, he's going to dig the, into the, a Dharma granola bar. Nut mix? He's going to eat the fruit nut bar is how he's going to respond to the to the fact that he shouldn't be eating the Apollo bars anymore. So he comes here with granola bars. Ooh, did he come with granola bars? Or did he open up a box of granola bars? I don't know why there's granola bars in the canon anymore when an Apollo bar is right there. I mean, this is one of the questions. This is one right of the questions the I have about the new man in charge. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, don't you think the Dharma should, should make granola bars now? Uh, you know, be a little more healthy. That's what people are into nowadays. Not to mention, yes, they are leaving that place behind for the last time. But I would imagine that that granola bar is fairly crumbly, right? Of the of more of the kashi variety. So that place is going to become overrun with vermin once it's become abandoned because Ben is probably dribbling fruit and nut mixtures all oh, over the place. Gross. <laughs> That's so gross. Uh, so yeah, he's eating a granola bar and it's time to watch what we've all been clamoring for this entire time. The orientation video to the Hydra. And that is going to be the <laughs> next 60% of the episode. It's going to take up a lot of time. Uh, and we... And people, they were doing tests. They were saying, okay, what do people love? Beginning of season three. Yes. Widmore stuff from season six. What do they have in common? Ah, Hydra Mm -hmm. Island. That's where we got to go. So it's Pierre Chang. Shout out to Pierre Chang uh, showing up here in one of the very final pieces of lost media. Uh, But don't tell anyone my name. Please don't tell anyone. I wouldn't want to resort to using an alias in the future like josh and mike you guys glenn and hector uh wouldn't want to have oh i just that was when he breaks the fourth wall it just says you i'm you know i know you're watching me right now so so here's the big question which i have an answer for but i'm intrigued to get your thoughts so who leaked his Mm -hmm. name uh, because we see in the subsequent videos, and I guess this proves that when it comes to the filming of things, I guess the Hydra was one of the first ones, considering that things like the Swan and uh, the Tempest and the Orchid were made with him using pseudonyms. Do you have any idea as to who possibly it's leaked probably it? probably a time-traveling Glenn and Hector, man. It's how, this is a, you know, a, a really good Lost 2 setup. Uh, or Rosinski. I, that's who I thought of. Honestly, completely same wavelength. I he, thought it was freaking Redzinski. He, he did some sort of terrible doxing of Doxter Pierre Chang. Uh, 
Yeah, I think it was a thing where, like, mutually assured destruction, right? Yeah. Like, the incident didn't work out, and so he's like, okay, screw you. You got your family off the island? Well, I'm going to spread your name through, through the, the mud, mud so, that, so that way you have to now go under all of these pseudonyms. Oh, let me go into the hatch yes. for a hot second. Um, so... He is going to say, yeah, I wouldn't want to resort to using an alias in the future. Mike, uh, once upon a long time ago, at the start of Down the Hatch, remember we were talking, well, I guess we'll have to watch Alias after this. Uh, we don't want to have to resort to using an alias in the future. All due respect to a show that I love, but uh, talk about things from back in the day that we don't want to have to do here on the podcast. Yeah, I, I'll also be intrigued to see maybe at the end of this if someone has a list of all the shows we said we would rewatch. Heroes is the new Lost hotness, but it was Alias at the start, if I'm not mistaken. We're like, oh, well, we got to do the Alias podcast after Lost. I don't think we're doing the Alias. Yeah, podcast. but there was also Fringe yeah, was in Fringe there. Binge. I think we threw Doctor Who in there. I definitely would uh, not there was some have signed other... off on Doctor Who, so I don't know. I, but I feel like there were a bunch of random shows that we tongue-in-cheekily made a reference to. Okay, blank rewatch yeah. coming after the yeah. lost rewatch. I'm sure there's there's a list out there somewhere that we are not sticking Alias to whatsoever. Alias, Fringe, and Heroes all come to mind. Uh, Heroes something or other does feel like a possibility. I don't think that the Alias, anything other than I would I would watch the premiere of Alias with you, Mike, if you've never seen it before. Uh, yeah, I've never I'd, seen it I would before, love to no. get your takes as a newcomer, but I, I, there's the, the juice is not worth the squeeze to do the full Alias deep dive. The hot take on Alias is the first season and a half are tremendous and transcendent, and then it does a really amazing thing about halfway into season two where it's like, wow, how are they ever going to top this? Well, they don't. So it kind of nope. peaks, kind of peaks midway into season two. I loved the whole experience, but I'm not going to do a podcast about Alias. Don't think so. When does Jennifer Garner sell us Capital One credit cards? Is that after the big moment not, in Alias? Not soon enough. Not soon enough. I loved that show. And it, under the right circumstances, I would absolutely revisit Alias. But I don't think as a weekly episodic podcast feels uh, too much, too much, too much to do. Um, all right. So we get to find out finally what the Hydra exists for zoology effectively right this is the animal station the bird station the marine wildlife we knew this though uh this is nothing terribly new the big reveal as it were the first one is that the hydra station has been experimenting with genetic alterations of animals uh hybrids or as we like to call them hybrids uh the hurley bird is confirmed mike yeah, but it's not confirmed in the way that it just happens to say a sound that sounds like Hurley. Uh, so unlike maybe what we supposed in the season one finale and Hurley outright asked in the season two finale, unless this is, an, this is another like time travel shenanigans that maybe Hurley, you know, turned the donkey wheel, went back to around the time the Hydra station was being created and like made the bird say his name as a fun party yeah. trick. Otherwise, just a completely coincidental thing from too much genetic yeah, splicing. Uh, I agree. Um, but I don't, I mean, this is cute. I guess it's just kind of, yeah, you weren't going nuts when you thought you heard a bird say the word Hurley. You did. It's a bird here, but what these high birds actually do is, uh, is still, uh, leaving much to the imagination. Um, the pol yeah, there's, it's more so experiments. Yeah. They basically, the reason why they brought this in as well as the polar bears and the polar bears luckily do not require that much genetic modification because they already possess like their own sense of memory and adaptability. It's essentially to be like, 
hey, this island's kind of funky with electromagnetic stuff. Let's throw a bunch of animals onto it and see how they react to it. That's essentially the onus of the Hydra station, uh, to the point where there is a shot of a mouse running through a maze, not unlike what Daniel Faraday does with Eloise the Mouse. Very similar idea of, hey, if we do a bunch of weird shit to yeah. animals, how are they going to react? Let's yeah, find so out. We get, to, we get to learn a little bit about polar bears. Nothing that we didn't really already know uh, that they're ideal candidates for electromagnetic experiments because of their keen sense of memory and adaptability. Uh, we do. They warn you, the bears are not your friends. Do not befriend the bears. And you see one Dharma dude with a stump for an arm, which is just, I feel like, dragging this uh, poor guy. What's his name? Yeah, this, this is this is uh, straight out of the beginning of Jurassic yes. Park, right? Like uh, he, his arm gets sucked in, but they didn't shoot yeah. her, you know, early enough, shoot and so unfortunately her. he lost no, his arm. No, that's my friend. Pull the bears are not your friends. Didn't you watch the video? Do you think he's a? Should we call him Montan Two? Montan Two, yeah, Ele- Electric mm-hmm. Bear yeah. Uh Second Montan. No, there was already an Electric Boogaloo in the Lost Discourse, <laughs> but that's for a separate podcast. That's from Aloha to Lost. It's a lot. <laughs> Josh Holloway, who gets dragged viciously multiple times in Aloha yeah. to Lost, uh, because that's the thing of like uh, he's not here just so we can make fun I'm of him mercilessly. He can't for it. Yeah, there's just there's a moment where Josh Holloway uh, has to dance with plastic it's snakes too around much. his it's neck. It's too much. It's too much. We have to do a full recap episode of it. It might be a three parter. Uh, <laughs> it might be another eight hour podcast. I really do. I really, really do. That's on YouTube, folks. You can check it down. Um, okay, and then they tell you, yeah. So you feed them a fish biscuit after they do a puzzle, uh, and then tranquilize the bear, and then put a tracking device on the bear. And send it to the orchid station for the next phase of research. Okay, so they're answering Tunisia. Why are the bears popping up in Tunisia? This is why. This is why. Yeah, they're they're essentially turning the wheel, and that's where they end up. Which again is confirmed by sort of like the the harnesses that we saw. What's interesting is Pierre Chang mentions here. I advise you, you know, with female polar bears, they should not be yeah. pregnant by the time they go there, as the orchid could have major effects on early term gestation. So this is sort of pseudo confirming again something we had assumed before that, uh, you know, part of their, the infertility issues on the island was due to the electromagnetic stuff, which does beg the tragic question in Juliet helping cause the incident is she essentially employing herself 30 yes. years in the future? Yes, I do think so. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and I love that. It's it's super yeah. dark, but I love yeah. that idea of like she's drawn to the island because of something she inadvertently caused. Yeah, I mean, ago. I think that if we are accepting that the incident is and the arrival of uh, massive quantities of electromagnetic energy unleashed upon the island. And if Ethan is sort of the last successful uh, birth, uh, you know, conception and birth on the island, um, then, you know, the timing bears out that it's haha bears uh, bears out that it has. You know, everything to do with the incident when that's Juliet clobbering the nuclear bomb in the Swan Station. Uh, yeah, I think that all of that tracks. Uh, yeah, this is a dark show sometimes when you really think about it. Destiny, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, Destiny had, though, had she had to go to the island in order to do that. So again, it's, it's a circle completing itself, much like us realizing who Hector and Glenn yeah, truly are. Uh, that's us. Uh, at the, the, the Hydra station is also responsible for studying the most dangerous animal of them all humans. 
Uh, this is where we come to find mm-hmm. out that Room 23 was built specifically to study the indigenous people of this island, a.k.a. the hostiles. Uh, so basically, Pierre Chang, in an official company corporate video, is saying, so what we're going to want you to do is to tranquilize the people who live here and drag them to Room 23 against their will so that we can understand them better. Yeah, but I would not even say the guise of let's get to know them is very thin, in my opinion. This straight up seems like torture. We would like you like, to capture some local people and for us to torture and interrogate, he says, in an official capacity. Yeah, and so this is, I think this is one of the, again, the quote-unquote answers that I think we knew the most about. Like, you watch what Carl went through, and you can pretty much assume what's going on in that room, right? I don't know if we necessarily needed the whole hostile side of it, uh, nor Pierre Chang talking about how a combination of dreamlike images along with cutting-edge pharmaceuticals will create an amnesia-like state for the victim, uh, basically making them any sort of memory of what they went inert, but... I mean, I guess if we needed outright confirmed what they were using the torture room for, sure, let's see those goofy-ass glasses want, again. He says, always make sure you've got security around. That's going to be important. Uh, and I know all of this seems extreme, but it's vital to the temporary truce with the hostiles. Mike, this feels like it's in direct violation of the truce with the hostiles, <laughs> to the point that I would suppose that the events that are occurring in Room 23 probably directly contribute to the thumbs up on the order to exterminate the Dharma Initiative. You've been torturing us <laughs> yeah, for would, over a decade. I would not be surprised if for some reason someone is able to either evade the drugging or maybe have a, a reawakening as to what they went through and report it as to, hey, you know what? I've been gone for three days because people kept showing me videos <laughs> of flowers opening and, you know, he yeah. loves you like he loves us all. Uh, so, yeah, we should probably gas yeah. them. They're not good. Uh, so that's effectively what Pierre Chang tells us. He says, well, that's it. Good luck. And don't tell anyone my name again, please. Uh, yeah, and also, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody else what, we're, what you're doing, even if they're in the Dharma Initiative. This is like, a, um, like, this is a, like Shiva. There's like multiple arms, uh, you know, doing things that no, none of the arms don't know about at the same time. So <laughs> don't tell anyone anything. Keep all relevant information <laughs> completely to yourself. Uh, make this job hard as, as difficult as it possibly can be. Uh, so he says, Namaste and good luck. And the video ends. And then, uh, I believe you are the one, Mike, who says, uh, well, we're going to need to watch that again. We're going to have to watch. And Ben says, I'm sorry. Watch it one more time. Yep. I'm sorry. We're out of time. And that was the opening sound to the the podcast. That's it. Yeah. So that's the, that was that one. Uh, and they're like, but what about the bears? Why'd they do that? What's a hostel? And Ben goes, sorry, guys, I really do have to go. Uh, happy <laughs> present day. Bye. Namaste. So- uh, watching Ben do the namaste is odd because you almost assume it's done sarcastically, even though I think it's supposed to be done sincerely. Um, here. So he leaves. Uh, he says namaste and then he bounces and he told them previously to lock the doors and turn off the lights. Now, if it really is you and me, Mike, we're probably not going anywhere for a while. No, no, we have so many questions raised by this. I don't think you're necessarily going to say, all right, well, time to go move. Time to go start a new life after I've spent two decades of my life here. I probably left so much behind. Uh, I'm just going to pick right back up where I left off. Hope yeah. that newspaper is still hiring newsboys. Yeah. Also, 
there's just so much stuff to pack and that's intimidating to me yeah. and I'm not going to touch it. Yeah, and I, for me, you know, I, uh, I, I, it's tough for me to, to bring you, you know, pull up roots. So I think I'm going to have a tough time. I'm going to go like to every corner of the warehouse and reminisce on my favorite moments from each of there. Going to wrap up all my Dharma granola bars. Probably going to steal as much food as possible. If I'm being completely honest, like I have a good amount of money, but I'm not going to pass up free food when I get the that's opportunity. That's implied part of the severance package. It's like you guys basically get to keep all of this stuff. You get free yes, food for life. But- but I guess the question is, after 20 years of that, do you do you want yes. something else? You know, at this point, if it's like, oh, you can take all the Dharma food you want, you say, if I don't have another piece of Dharma food in my life, it'll yeah, be too no, soon. Uh, it's another reason why this is an undesirable severance package. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's sort of like the monkey's paw in a way of, oh, you can have all the food you want, but you don't want it. Don't want so it. more for us um, anyway. So that's it. They close the lights. Uh, they leave them behind. And that's the last you see of Hector and Glenn. Until you listen to this yeah, podcast. They, well, they get, you know, lost in a journey of wanting to rediscover. And so they find the podcast and that's the awakening. Uh, can't wait for that. That's going to be really, the Lost 2 is going to be pretty wild with these guys. Um, yeah, oh, and these guys are appearing mm-hmm, in Lost yeah, 2? Yeah, definitely. For sure. Why? So is it going to be us podcasting about the show and then like we get brought to the island because of our love for the island right hurley's like dudes i hear you love the island so much so i thought i'd bring you here you guys here i thought that you wanted that uh yeah turns out that's exactly what we wanted um meanwhile ben is going to go to santa rosa to the institute to look for a young man named keith johnson much better pseudonym game on Walt than either one uh, of us. Keith Johnson. Um, so he's he's going with the Kevin Johnson alias, son of Kevin. Keith, son of Kevin. Mm, uh, unless he is so estranged from Kevin Johnson that he says uh, he's son of Socrates Johnson. Uh, Socrates Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a famous philosopher, Socrates. Um, <laughs> so many crates at uh, the Dharma warehouse in Guam. Yeah. That was what we named one of the rats the name by. So, 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 crates. so many crates. Uh, so we go in, and there he is. There's Walt. He's playing Connect Four, Mike. By himself, in true, uh, what was his name? What's the name of the guy that Hurley gets the numbers uh, from? Leonard. Yeah, true Leonard style. Yeah. Uh, I had a, a another great sort of uh, weekend update style joke that I was going to roll out here uh, that I forgot to put into my notes, um, but I'm remembering what I wanted to say. Do you want me to reset this so that I can do it properly? Yes, please, um, please. How do you want me? How do you want me to um, set it no, up? No, I'll do it. Uh, so I just okay. so so uh, so Ben came in. He talked to the clerk. The clerk went and uh, delivered the letter because Ben said, you're going to give him this note. He'll want to see me. So the the, the receptionist gives Keith the note. Uh, and then this was the line. The joke was going to be. And then Walt braces himself for a visitor. Do you get it? Walt, Walt braces. Walt braces himself for a visitor. Do you get it? Walt Walt Walt, Walt, Walt braces <laughs> himself for a visitor because he has braces oh. now. 
he has braces now. Walt has braces now. Walt has braces now. Uh, Malcolm David Kelly has braces in this scene. And so Walt braces braces. himself for a visitor. That's what I wanted to put in my notes. I forgot to do it, but then I got to this moment. I remembered that I wanted to do that. Just got to say. 100% 100% yeah. worth it. I think you just really n- hook, yeah. line, and sinker. Oh, you nailed Walt that one. braces himself for a visitor. <laughs> I was thinking, okay, Walt, Walter Jr. Yeah. has braces because he's, he, uh, he, you know, uh, has MS during Breaking Bad. Is that who I'm comparing Walt, it to? No. Walt, bra- Walt has braces now. He has braces, uh, and he braces himself for a visitor, uh, as Benjamin Linus comes to see Walt, who's playing Connect Four. Do you, is that is that what the note said? Do you think do you think it said brace yourself yeah, brace, for a visitor with like a yeah, winky face? And I think Walt read the note and goes, "Oh, that's funny." He goes, "That's, that's effing hilarious. hilarious." Send send this freaking yeah, jokester want, in, man. I need a good I, laugh. I want I want to see I want to see whoever wrote that. Who's who's the new Dane yeah. Cook at Santa Rosa? Oh, I gotta check gosh, this dude Dane out. Dane Cook, man. I guess it's 2010. Um. Yeah, he's still he's still around. Yeah, I mean, he's in the he's still around, but uh, uh, so wait, it's 2010, right? We'll be like, oh man, that's funnier than the Hangover <laughs> Part Two. Part when did the Hangover Part Two come out? I think I think that's 2011. He's like, oh yeah, man, can't yeah, wait for them to go to Thailand. Year. Much like I'm lost, going to Thailand equals quality yeah, content. Can't wait to go to Thailand and find out how Ed Helms gets his face tattoo. That's it. Oh man, I just realized that that was a that was an interesting connection. Yeah, that happened in both Lost and the Hangover. Mm-hmm. It sure did. Uh, so uh, Walt braces for a visitor, and the visitor, <laughs> the visitor is Ben, uh, and he says, "What are you doing here? You here to kidnap me again?" Ben goes, "Ah, oh, man, I did kidnap you, didn't I?" And he said, "Yeah, you yeah. did." Uh, I was. So this is interesting because you would assume like Hurley, Hurley's in the van. Like this is Hurley's mission. But I really like this moment if it is Ben wanting to do it, because, you know, we obviously see him. His last moment in the series is him sitting outside the church saying, you know, I want to take care of things. I need to stay out here and work things through a little bit more. I can't move on. And I think this is a bit of a sign of that form of, you know, repenting a bit where I something tells me that Ben personally requested to talk to Walt because he knows what he did to him between everything with Tom Friendly and the boat and the aforementioned Room 23. And he wanted to be the one to sort of like extend an apology, show how remorseful he is and also offer an olive branch. Hurley might have been the better get to allow, you know, Walt to actually come with him. But I think Ben needed to do it for uh, Ben's I sake. I love that interpretation uh, of just this uh, this continued sort of, uh, you know, attempt at rehabilitation. There's a really lovely line in here, too, about how a friend of yours sent me. I don't have any friends. We all have friends, even me, uh, that Ben says. Mm-hmm. It feels so much uh, a moment of uh, him talking about Hurley, right? You know, he's like, yeah, I, even I've got a friend. Uh, and I think that, you know, in Ben's continued attempt at being the kind of guy who has friends, 
he wants to go and undo some of the damage that he's done. And he definitely traumatized this kid. And if he could begin the process of maybe helping Walt help other people, um, it's not going to make up for everything that he's ever done. He's still going to die someday and not be able to move on, right? You know, he's still going to have extra work to do. But it helps him get to that place where he can at least get to the church and wonder if I will ever belong there as opposed to being somebody who's never going to wake up and is just going to get shot in the face in a kitchen while making uh, supernatural eggs, uh, you know, for uh, for for Saeed. Um, so I think that I, I like this read of Ben being like, Hurley, can I go and be the one to like clean this up? Um, I think it's nice. Yeah. And I really love the line. I'm genuinely sorry about that. But what's done is done. I can't change the past. I can only take responsibility for it. Like such an incredible life lesson, in my opinion, is I think a lot of us tend to re- reside on the the two sides of a different spectrum. Either we are incredibly fixated on the past, on things that we have done, or we're someone to just like completely let things go in a manner of speaking, whatever happened, happened. Let me just move forward. I think Ben strikes a really curious balance here of listen, there's no use trying to amend the past. Uh, I didn't travel back in time, but I know there is no way you can actually do that. But it doesn't mean you should completely forget what happened either. Uh, I am someone who part of my belief system is we are someone who, and one of the reasons why the ending resounds so profoundly with me is, you know, I feel like we are created by our experiences uh, from a moralistic and just from like a personality perspective. And so, the way I try to see, you know, every quote unquote failure in my life as a learn is a learning opportunity. It's, it's a way to say, if you approach a similar situation again, now you know what not to do. And I think that sort of is what Ben is vocalizing in, in this point. It's not necessarily, well, I know I don't want to genocide anyone again, but more so this idea of, listen, there's no way to actually go back and make up for the bad things that I did. But I also just can't shrug them off as being a part of past me. Like, I have to embrace them and incorporate into what I do moving forward. Otherwise, history is doomed to repeat itself. Um, yeah, I can't make up for it. Having said that, here's a Dharma granola bar. <laughs> we're, on, we're doing things differently ben now. Ben gives Walt a Dharma granola bar as a sign of good faith. Like, come on, it'll be fun. And if I'm Walt, especially if I have braces, I'm like, I'm not eating the granola bar, at least not in front of you, at least not unless I know I can brush my teeth immediately afterwards. I'm not getting I'm not I'm not eating this in front of you, the guy who kidnapped me. I'm not doing this. Well, at least the packaging is sealed. So at least he doesn't know that Ben, you know, tampered with it at all. Ben also has a really interesting line where he sympathizes with Walt's difficulty pretending to be someone he's not. I don't know if that's, is that the Henry Gale stuff? Is that more speaking holistically about like him projecting a certain image of himself? I mean, I think maybe, honestly, is there, is there uh, a a darker read? I don't know if it's a darker read. It's a read uh, that Ben is saying, I know how hard it is to pretend to be someone you're not. be about his own continued um, inability to believe in his capacity for change, and that here he is, mm. uh, as you say, somebody who genocided a bunch of people, and he's going to try not to do that anymore. Uh, but here he is going around being the number one guy of Happy Time Hurley, and it's a very different vibe than we've ever seen from Ben before. And Hurley sees this this ability within Ben. He continues to employ him. They continue to work together. If it's three years after the end 
end of the show. They've been working together for years now at this point. Um, although I question that to some extent. Uh, so I feel like for Ben, he's probably still like, I mean, I don't know what the guy sees in me, but I'm going to try and put on a happy face and go out one foot in front of the other and just do all the good stuff and, uh, unwrite all of the wrongs, you know, that I, that I, that I did over the course of my life. Um, and that that could be pretending to be someone he thinks he's not. You know what I mean? I, I think mm. that there could be some capacity. That would be the most honest version of it to me, uh, for, for Ben. Yeah. Cause I don't know, you know, the difficulties of pretending to be someone you're not, that that's something that he's going to use as an emotional let's relate on that level to the time that I was Henry Gale and your father killed people <laughs> to get me out of being Henry to, Gale. To get me out know? of the- well, and so speaking of that, I do think, though, there is a moment of connection where Ben says, Walt, I'm here to help you. But Walt replies, why? And Ben says back, because you're special. Uh, and I don't think anyone has told you that in a very long time. And I do actually think there's a moment of connection there because a lot of Ben's, you know, resilience and built up anger towards Jacob, right, was this idea of him being frustrated at the idea that maybe he wasn't special uh that he thought he was this entire time and here comes john locke and just completely takes away that spotlight from him and so i do think he actually is sympathizing with him in that regard of you know i know what it's like to feel for a while that like you are you have a light that's hidden under a bushel and albeit mine led to very much darker circumstances uh, i can understand the dark circumstances that you are in at this point and how difficult that must be to be told you're special and then put put in different circumstances that make you feel like you're not for years at um, a time so he's gonna say we need we need you you've got work to do you gotta help your dad and walt says my father's dead so at this point he knows about his father's death Yes. Okay. So let's let's talk about this because I have a theory. But do you think is this more like Walt? You know, uh, special powers sensing it, uh, his co- a connection with Michael, perhaps through blood. What are your, what are your thoughts about how do you well, think he we've found also, out? So I think it could just be as easy. The easiest one would just be clearly. I've now grown up to the point where I know that my dad must have died. You know. You know. The easiest one mm-hmm. is he never came back. He's gone. He's you know he went back to the island. No one has correct. No one has come to me to correct the re- like. He's clearly dead. You know that Walt grows up enough to know uh, that you know the 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 cat didn't go to the farm. You know his fa- his father died. Uh, that's <laughs> my yeah, Walt. Your father flew into you know, a window and he's dead number, now. Well, Brian can't bring him back. One. Well, your father really never left. He's all around us. It's the trees, the grass. Uh, <laughs> It's the circle of Michael. You know, so there's that. Um, another one is, you know, one of our favorite lost head cannonings is that Santa Rosa is a hot spot, right? And so if Walt, who's already mm-hmm. super powered in many ways with connections to animals and connections to all this other stuff and the freakiness, uh, if he's here in the hot spot uh, of Santa Rosa, that perhaps that much like Charlie visiting Hurley, Michael could have come to visit uh, Walt. Uh, I think that there's some version of that that could mm. bear out. And also, additionally, if we are to take that when Hurley tells Walt, I want to talk to you about a job, is this, I want you to succeed me in my role here as the leader of the island. Um, and if so, is part of that because Walt has sort of the same sensitivities that perhaps Hurley does when it comes to talking to the dead. That's a hodgepodge of thoughts. If you've got a, another theory, I would love to hear it. I do. Uh, it's much less supernatural. So we know that a group left the island. Right at the, they flew on the Ajira plane. That's what Jack watched in the final moments of his life. 
I think there's a non-zero chance that Sawyer is able to find Walt, and I think maybe Sawyer tells him. Hmm. This is my issue with um, with Hurley taking three years to come and spring Walt out of Santa Rosa, I guess, is that I would think that Hurley would make it a real early priority to reconnect with Walt. Um so Sawyer being a guy who does something like that would also track for me. Like somebody's got to come and talk to Walt pretty quickly. And Sawyer being somebody who always cared about kids has, you know, uh, the connection with Walt of the raft and being there when he was taken and everything like that. Um, I could see that. I think that that's nice. Yeah, I'm just thinking back to like the scene of the two of them on the raft, right? Of of them just sort of it's a, a sort of a calcified bonding, but like bonding at that. That I would imagine that of all the people who landed from Ajira, Sawyer would have the closest relationship with him to tell him. But yeah, it, it does bring up the odd question as to why did it take three years? I'm not entirely sure. Could be more timey wiminess. Could be that Hurley had other things to sort of get in motion. One, the island was freaking falling apart when Hurley actually took leadership. They probably had to get the infrastructure back in play. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I know that the 2010 date was meant to just sort of be a fun wink and a nod to the fact that the DVD was coming out, but sort of leaves a bunch of questions as to what happened in those intervening um, three so, years. Uh, my father's dead, but it doesn't mean you can't help him, Walt. Um, and so I think this is further uh, in the camp for me of the others are in league with the Whispers, that the Whispers and the others have had some measure of symbiotic relationship over the last little while, and once her is, you know, given the mantle of being the person in charge of the island, is uh, somehow able to learn this or is made aware of this, uh, of, of this existence of the Whispers and their connection to the others. I would imagine Hurley wanting to prioritize, well, dude, let's let them get over it so that they can let go and that they can mm-hmm. move on. Uh, so Hurley wanting to bring Walt in to do that. Um, and this whole doesn't mean you can't help him. This idea that ghosts could be helped, that the whispers could be helped, uh, feels to me like this. This is why I don't get mad about what the whispers are anymore, because I think that this ending does strongly gesture at the very intentional kinship between the whispers and the others. Could they have done more with it? Yeah, absolutely. But right. I don't think that the the whispers are just the dead people who couldn't move on. I no longer think that that's a bad answer. I think that that's totally serviceable and maybe even good in uh, as as far as an explanation goes. I just wish it had been maybe dramatized a little bit better, as we talked about in um, I don't know which hour. I think that was hour four of the finale recap. Yeah. Well. Yeah, because we talked about that. We also talked about it in Everybody Loves Hugo, right? Because that was sort of the the final appearance slash explanation of it. Yeah, and I I think it also does help the resolution as well that they're not stuck in purgatory forever, right? Because I think that the ending also certainly leaves a bit of a pit in your stomach of, okay, wait, so these people could move on. Benjamin Linus had the opportunity to move on, but Michael can't because of what he did. But I think if there's this sort of idea that anyone can, it's just a matter of, of finding internal resolution and that Walt is maybe the person in Michael's specific case to help bridge that gap, I think that sort of helps sound out a little bit more. This, to me, I think is the most fulfilling part of 
the 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 new yeah. man in charge in terms of providing answers. It's not only finding out where Walt has been, but you know, bringing him back to the island. If we talk about the island being the the most important place to all these characters who moved on, incredibly important to Walt as well for many many reasons. Unfortunately, many traumatic reasons as well. So yeah, I, I think it it does work in many ways. And I would you know, lost to it'd be really interesting to see the conversation that Michael and Toller Ghost Walt have except he's not a ghost as to like what makes michael move on in a way is it just seeing his son is it finally hashing things out and walt coming to terms with what michael had to do to get him off the island i don't know but considering how i think surprisingly strong i found that relationship in the two seasons that we saw it uh, i do think we were deprived of a little bit of closure but i like the hint towards yeah, it the hint least. towards it is nice you know because i can spend a lot of time thinking about the things that you just laid out of what those conversations might look like what does that relationship look like between walt and his ghost dad you know i think that there's there's <laughs> oh, you know no. <laughs> i think that there's there's some fun to be had there i think that there's some emotionality behind a lot of that so this is one of those moments that gestures towards um something that I think is meaningful. Uh, would I have loved the version of reality where this was a bigger deal on the show? Yes. Uh, I've said versions of this many times over the last several weeks. We live in this reality, and I'm glad that this exists. I'm glad that this moment yeah. uh, where Walt is being offered, and therefore the audience is being offered, the possibility that Walt can help his dad, that Michael does not just have to live in purgatory forever, uh, is nice. So... That's good for me. The final scene of the new man in charge is Ben bringing Walt to what is absolutely the Dharma van. That is the Dharma yeah, van. Yeah, like uh, freshly tuned up. I'd imagine that David Reyes like helps well, give Hurley's, it a tune up, right? Uh, you know, good at doing this stuff too. So it could be, could it be David also helped with that? Um, I decided that I officially want to name this vehicle, Mike. Uh, I, I have, I have the name. You ready? Uh, yeah. Trisha Tanakar, the new van in charge. <laughs> Trisha Tanakar, the new van in charge. Oh no, there's going to be a really sad episode in season seven where the car stalls and it's called Trisha Tanakar yeah, is Trisha dead. Tanar- Trisha Tanakar, the new van in charge. I love it. Oh, I love yeah. it so much. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. That is a beautiful yeah. so, name. Uh, so Ben takes... See, this is why we have to re-watch Lost eventually so that we can get to Trisha Tanakar is dead. We didn't make that joke the first pass. Yeah, but by the time... We're going to be like Glenn and, and Hector. By the time we get around to it, we're not going to remember it again. And so we're like... It's like when you when you miss your like your stop, your destination. You're like, okay, I guess yeah. i got to go around again. And then you yeah. miss it again. We're just never, we'll never, never going to find yeah, that off. We'll always be looking. And then we'll have to do it again and again until we get back there. So uh, Ben takes Walt to the, to the van. And Hurley says, Dude, great to see you, Walt. And so, as Dow and Servo notes, we are going from 309 dudes to 310. And Walt says, Hurley, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. I was hoping someone would come back for me. Thought I was crazy. And then Hurley says, you're not crazy, dude, which is the second time Hurley says the word dude in this episode. It is the final time that Hurley says the word dude on Lost. It is the 311th dude from Hurley in all of Lost. And I don't know why I even have to spell this out because everybody understands the significance except for Eric Divestein. But 311 (laughs) is my birthday. Um, uh, this is so, so weird. It's super crazy. He says, "Dude, three hundred so times on all of Lost." 
311 changed my birthday uh-huh. officially to Yankee Doodle birthday. <laughs> my God. That's incredibly it's great. It's your Yankee Doodle birthday. Wow. Can you even believe that? The same number as Hurley says, <laughs> Isn't dude. That, wild? that is like truly cosmic in every sense of the word. I am not mistaking coincidence for fate. Like that is fate, yeah. my man. 311 dudes, the same number as yeah. your birthday. March Holy 11th moly. shall forever be known as Yankee Doodle Hurley Day. Uh, that's incredible. That's wild. That's a that's a wild yeah. kismet thing for me. Uh, that's nuts. Is, How should we celebrate your birthday slash Yankee Doodle Hurley Day? Should we have like fried chicken yeah, for sure? Drinks on drinks yeah, no, on you? No, not no, on no, no. Drinks, of course. Definitely not. I'm abstaining, and I'm not buying you shit. <laughs> I'm not buying you anything. The royal you. Yeah, this is not like coerce no. you into buying me things on no. your birthday. Not, this isn't present day, Mike. This is Yankee Doodle <laughs> Hurley it. Day. It's a different day. Yeah, it's a different day. Uh, I think eating fried chicken or uh, whatever fried food you would eat if you do not eat chicken, uh, I think would be mm-hmm. a fun way to celebrate Yankee Doodle Hurley Day. Uh, I think listening to something on a Walkman, but only for a little while. You listen to it until you drain the yeah. batteries, I guess. Well, and I, and I think it should specifically be the songs that Hurley was listening to in the beginning of Lost, but maybe a little bit of Shambhala yeah. as well. Uh, I think find a van if you can, if, if you can. can. Uh, and and see if you can you can drive around in that for a hot second. Oh, you know what? You know also need to eat besides fried chicken mm-hmm. lasagna. Just yeah. pick up lasagna off a random plate. Also, and eat it. heat up a hot pocket and find someone you don't trust and throw the hot pocket at them. Yes. Uh, also, tell your parents to go have sex in the other room and you listen awkwardly oh, from another well, room. Don't do that. Uh, definitely don't do that. <laughs> uh, also, become the new man in charge of an island. That sounds fun as well. That, not, not so much of a tall order. I think everyone can feasibly uh, do that. So, uh, three eleven dudes from Hurley in all of Lost. Wow. I am legitimately <laughs> mind-blown. check that math. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Imagine if it's not. Someone has to go and check that math, because that's just too wild uh, to me. Um, so, Hurley's going to tell Walt, you got to go back to the island. It's where you've always belonged. I want to talk to you about a job. Walt seems very interested. Now, is the job um, easing the transition of whispers off of this mortal coil, Mike? Or do you think it is, I want to talk to you about a job as far as Willy Wonka turning to Charlie Bucket? You know, like, is that what is going on? Does he want to give Walt the keys to the glass elevator? I would hope it's actually the former rather than the latter. As interesting as it might be to have Walt become the new, new man in charge. Part of me just likes to think of Hurley being in that job for a very, very long time, sort of blessed with the immortality that Jacob had uh, into his waning days that I don't know if he necessarily would be thinking about succession at that point in time. Well, Something that I really out. enjoy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, to a few years before we watch, you know, some more rich people melt down as many characters and loss did at this point. What I really do love about Hurley in this scene, Jorge Garcia plays it so well. He's so content. Uh, and I specifically love the final line of the new man in charge, and I guess of Lost, if we're adding this as the addendum to the series proper, which is, time for us all yeah. to go home. 
the fact that he is considering it home, you know, the fact that he had to be convinced by Jacob getting out of jail uh, after getting bailed out to, like, get on the plane to bring him back to the island in the first place, for him to now say, this is my home, you know, it's where you belong, it's where you've always belonged, uh, it's where I belong as well, I think is a really cool, small arc for the character that we didn't necessarily see. We talked about this in the end podcast, about how sideswiped we both felt about the Hurley being the leader at the time, but how much it makes so much sense in retrospect. I'm glad they do this here to sort of do some emotional mapping as to how Hurley reacts to being the new man in charge, which is he's so happy. At least that's what I'm seeing is that he seems just this is the best job he's ever had. He's perfect for the role. He's a fantastic number two uh, or number one, as as Ben would call him. And so now he wants to sort of impart that happiness onto others who he knows will also enjoy Isn't the experience. Isn't that kind of um, a almost force ghost quality to Hurley at this point in time? There's some kind of serenity to him. There's the, the way yeah. that Jorge Garcia plays it is this is a guy who has answers now. He's not confused. He's not lost anymore. Um, there's almost a Lockean quality to Hurley as the man in charge. It's He's barely in the epilogue, but he's the best character of the epilogue for me. Uh, because seeing Hurley in this space, you know, with big walkabout energy, you know, um, is mm. awesome. It's just very satisfying to see Hurley in this capacity. Yeah, well, and I also love it's also confidence on like a Jacobian level, right? Where Jacob would show up much. I'll again reference that scene in the cab where Jacob is very calm to Hurley, basically saying, this is what you need to do. You have a choice, but you don't really have a choice. Just just do what you need to. I'll slowly nudge you towards the right decision. Hurley is more so, I think, putting the power in, in Walt's hands, but like giving him a compelling reason to make the yeah. decision rather than someone like Jacob, who's like, no, you're going to do this no matter what. Uh, despite me trying to experiment to provide to prove that humans, uh, you know, in isolation, do good things. I'm just going to be like, dude, I, I, you don't need to come with me if you don't want to. But I think you'll want to. So why don't you? And being that friendly face that we talked about so many times in season one, right? Their occasional interactions with each other. Hurley was one of the biggest kids at heart out there in the beginning. So I think he was one of the people to interact the most with the literal child in Walt. I think back to fun scenes like them playing backgammon yeah. and Hurley being down like what thousands yeah. of dollars he's and saying he's it. good for it. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a fun it dynamic. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that, you know, much like Ben, but in a different way, Hurley always saw something in Walt. And I think he, while Ben was probably the one to suggest going forward to Walt, I would imagine that Hurley was the one to want to approach Walt in the first place, because I think he always had him in the back of his mind, especially after seeing Michael. Michael made mention of Libby, obviously very heavy on his heart of what he did. But I would imagine a significant portion of Michael's heart is also heavy with what happened to Walt. Uh, we talked about this during Meet Kevin Johnson, the absolute tragedy of doing all these things for someone who, once they found out what you did, completely removes you from their life. It's drives Michael to suicide. And so I think that Hurley had this idea to try to make things right. And I think him being able to make things right in a confident, cool manner, but also doing it in that chummy, friendly, Hurley way of like, come on, man, you know me. We're going to go play some backgammon and maybe have a little bit of fun on the island. Want to yeah, come? It's great. It's great. Uh, I love it. Um, and then, yeah, he says, all right, Ben, let's get out of here. Time to go home. And uh, Trisha Tanakar, the new van in charge, drives away, <laughs> and that's lost. Does Trisha Tanakar, the new van in charge, does it talk, yeah, of course. you think? It's got the voice of David Hasselhoff. All right. Oh, no, it's, a, it's a Mr. Oh, Feeney, right, right? Mr. Feeney. No, but David Hasselhoff got turned into a car in this version of Knight Rider. 
All right, yeah. Hurley. Don't go near yeah. water. I won't no, help Mr. myself. Mr. Feeney being the voice of Trisha Tanaka, the new van in charge, is pretty good. Yeah. I think it's got to be like, all right, whatever you say, Hugo. Yeah. Um, or should- <laughs> I can't do a Saul voice right now. I'm sorry. Do you have it in you? Hurley. <laughs> Alrighty, whatever you say. I think. Hey, can we stop by the mine on I the think way? Trisha Tanakh are much like a navigation system. Uh, you can set whatever voice you want to it. Oh, and so maybe the navigation is abbreviated like S A U L satellite audio augmentary audio user uh, yeah, lift lips. Yeah, lips. It's a big pair satellite of lips. audio user lips. <laughs> and and it's just like it's like the lip from Rocky Horror Picture Show, but Saul's yeah, voice is coming the Saul out. System. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, here's me, a big pair of lips. You can't see the map, but you can see these lips. I'll tell you what to do. Just follow my yeah, directions. I would read the, the directions, but I already know the drill. Uh, so, <laughs> Trisha Tanakar, the new van in charge, with Hurley, Ben, and Walt drives off, and that is Lost. We leave Lost uh, It's Santa Rosa. I think that that's a good place to end Lost. I, I, I mean, I don't know if it compares to a church in no, the afterlife. But as, a coda, but, as a button, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's also a nice button for yeah. Hurley as well, right? So many times he looked to this place as a he refuge, even need to sometimes go inside, as like a prison. You know? I mean, part of it is maybe Ben wanted to go and talk to, to Walt personally. Another part of it might be that Hurley doesn't want to go back in there. Another part might be, well, if he goes back in there, are they just going to arrest him? Uh, but either way, he's, he's moving on from a place that has caused him. So it has been important to him, but has often been a source of yeah. agony and, you know, a source of, uh, you know, regression and sort of false security um you know it's been a place of healing at times though uh and so it's you know he's moving away from a complicated part of his life and towards his destiny uh i think is a is a great ending for hurley as a character yeah and and, i mean that sounds incredibly similar to what we discussed with sawyer leaving the island Right. This idea of having mixed emotions at a place that meant so much to your story, but also caused you so much pain. But there is a heavy amount of emotion involved. So, yeah, very, very similar sorts of tail ends for both these guys. So that's the new man in charge. We've got a little bit of feedback, uh, which, of course, you can always send to us down the hatch at postshowrecaps.com. We will do much more feedback next week. But we do have a little bit of new man in charge specific feedback. So I wanted to bring it in here. Uh, The legendary Jim Fells writes in and says, I personally really like the new man in charge. Feels to me like this is what the showrunners had planned for Walt all along, even though they were not able to find a way to incorporate it into the show proper. Walt being special was never a big mystery to me, since there's plenty of other characters with supernatural abilities. The important thing is that Walt was connected to the island in a big way, and now we know why. He was always meant to work alongside Hurley and Ben. The epilogue opens up so many possibilities for Lost 2. Walt is able to help his father by allowing him to move on somehow. We've seen throughout the show that Walt has a connection to the Whispers to the point where he might have appeared among the Whispers himself as shown in uh, early season two, as well as in Through the Looking Glass. So my headcanon is that Walt can cross over to the afterlife on the island, similar to the way that Desmond briefly visits the Flash sideways, and Hurley, with his ability to communicate with the dead, may be able to help Walt control that power so that he can properly resolve things with his father. Love that! 
I think that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, This is going to be an odd comparison, but I'm currently reading uh, the Axis crossover series in Marvel Comics at the moment. It very much reminds me of there's a moment where uh, Doctor Doom and the Scarlet Witch sort of like concoct a magic spell together and sort of like the is the intermingling of chaos and order. That's what I get with Walt and Hurley working together, right? It's like Walt's ability to cross over with the dead combined with Hurley's abilities to speak with the dead, maybe throw in some miles there as well to be able to, to listen to the dead to sort of amplify Walt's power to be able to do something and finally see I his think father. That's cool. I'm into it. Uh, Sam in Iowa says, I've always been a big believer that the new man in charge needed to be part of the finale. It was already two and a half hours. What would another half hour have hurt? If ever a network show could have justified a three hour finale, it was lost because at that point in time, it was a diehard show, not a casual show. And diehards would have devoured every single last solitary second of those three hours. At the very worst, Walt needed to be there. That Walt part had to be there. I don't care about closing the Dharma facility or the answers to the Hurley bird, but the Walt part had to be there. Um, Sam also posits exactly where the Walt scene would occur, that it would be between the scene where Ben and Hurley have their moment both on island and in the sideways, that there would be a flash forward to showing the two of them in charge of the island. Um, I think that I like where the new man in charge fits in the chronologically lost canon. Chronologically lost being the the project mm. that uh, is an edit of lost that lays out all of lost in chronological order. So it begins with across the sea. It ends with a huge sprawling sideways epilogue, but the end, which has no sideways stitched into it otherwise, because it's just what's happening on the island. It ends with Jack watching the plane and then his eye closed. Closing, and then it cuts to to lost, and then there's a beat, and then the new man in charge plays. Um, I think that having that as an epilogue there really works for me uh, for the way that chronologically lost does it. Um, but I don't know that having a flash forward within the text of the end, the episode would work so well for me. When uh, I think it might feel a little disruptive to the rhythm of the sideways stuff. Look at me defending the sideways is a very strange feeling. It would be incredibly confusing upon first watch, right? Especially, you're confused enough by the way the sideways stuff ends the first time around. Imagine then saying, yeah, but then there's also this one scene that I know wasn't on the island, but that actually did happen in the real timeline. I think it would muddy the waters. I'm going to have to push back here. I do not know if this belongs in the finale. Uh, I I think that the scene is great. But I am fine talking about it. It on exists. Its own. It canonically uh, exists. It's a, it's an epilogue that is created that was aired months and months after the the show officially ended. When you do a watch through of Lost, you should you should close things out by watching the new man in charge. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a nice little it's a it's an after dinner meal, yes. right? It's like a, a new thing. You've you've had the full meal. Here's like a little taste. You wouldn't count it yeah. as part of the meal. I especially think I don't know if any part of it, like you said, would really fit into the finale. Though Sam did get me by saying at worst the Walt part yeah. needs to be in there because yeah, I think if we had to have the full new man in charge in there, I think people would riot at I mean, okay if he had it's the three hour finale of lost watch a 10 minute pierre chang video starting the lost finale with a monologue from brocklin wired ending <laughs> the lost finale with questions from hector and glenn you know we couldn't have done it i don't think hector and glenn can make it into the end any more than brocklin can have a major speaking part at the start of the show 
Yeah, I, I think it, it would just not necessarily fit into what's going on in the finale. It sucks that Walt doesn't show up in the final season. It sucks that we couldn't find a way to fit him in in this capacity. Like, this would be great to fit into season six, but then that also gives away the ghost, quite literally, that Hurley and Ben are going to be the ones running things afterwards. And so you can't make that reveal until the finale anyway. I think it really exists fine on its own. I know that I, I sort of bemoan the first half of it, but the second half of it is strong. And I think as a standalone piece, I think I'm more fine with it as a tacked on epilogue than I would as a brief part of a finale that I think takes away from all the other stuff that's going um, on. One last one from Dallin Servo, in addition to bringing us up to an official 311 dudes. Uh, yes. Special thanks to Dallin Servo, the official keeper of the dudes for keeping us appraised all season dude. long. Uh, um, Dallin asked a lot of questions, um, but I think that the one that I like the most because of how it thematically ties into the new man in charge. Now that the show is completely over, what is the one question you wish the show had answered the most? Um, so Ooh. here we are again in the Hector and Glenn seat, Mike. What's the, sh- what's the question that Lost didn't answer that you wish the most the show had answered? Wow, that I'm is a big question. To, so, this, to be completely honest with you, I know that's 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 the thing. Is like maybe uh, I'll give a different answer like a couple of weeks from now when we're really ruminating on the series. Right now, the first thing that sticks out to me, maybe it's because Hurley is you know center here, but maybe it's because you know in my my growing age and growing uh, evolution with the show Lost, I've thought less about the plot mysteries of like, well, who is in the other outrigger, and more about the character mysteries. What what was going on with yeah, Libby? I was my I head know, went there as well, actually. Yeah, Dave, we love Dave marrying time traveling Libby as a theory, but I do feel like of all the characters, the summation of experiences at the end of the day, I do feel like narratively she got one of the shortest ends of the stick from an overall perspective. Again, we talked about how they dropped the ball with someone like Claire. Uh, maybe there was a question with her, right, as to like what happened with her in those three years. But I think just from a, a gut perspective i don't know why libby is the first one i think of but i think she is one of the rare character-based questions in lost that failed to get addressed when they had ample time yeah, I think to do it would so. all be character stuff because then you brought up claire and i'm like oh well that will be mine is like i want to see what was claire's life like in those in those three years so i think um you know all of those would be and i guess for me it's less that i have questions that the show didn't answer and more that i have well i think i would have loved it if they had done this and that's the experience of being mm-hmm. a fan right uh and being a salty fan or being an obsessive yeah, fan so, so the question is like why did you do this in a crush right. you know i mean that's you know sometimes it can be really toxic and ideally it's not and ideally instead it's you know engaging the material and you know um you know really just getting um connected to it and wanting to continue thinking about it and oh this would have been fun and that's the the power of a story really well told is that it grips you in that way that you want to to contribute to it. And so all of those are just fan instincts. You know, this is fan fiction stuff. Uh, and so for me, my head tends to go to fan fiction stuff before it goes to, well, I had a question that they didn't answer and it keeps me up at night. I don't think that I have that with Lost. I think I have things that I wish that they had done instead of what they did. Um, and mm. that, I, I think for me, almost is is better and helps me live in a place that's, you know, more creatively engaged with Lost than I would be if I felt like there was something nagging at me that I didn't understand, that I didn't have an explanation for. I don't really feel terribly caught up in that. 
Um, at least not right now. You go back through all the podcasts. I'm sure that there was something. Uh, and you know, talk yeah. to us again in a few months, uh, and I'm sure something else comes up. But um, as far as you know, questions that they needed to answer, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I've I've really got one. I have things that I wish that they had done that they didn't do, and I've got things that they did that uh, you know, I uh, wish that they hadn't. Um, <laughs> Um, another one. We actually let's do the, talk about one that came up as recently as the end. What happens to Richard Albert mm. when he leaves yeah, the island? I would be really intrigued. I, the skeleton idea would be interesting, but I also think it would be really interesting. Would be you know if he goes on to live like uh, another five years. I wonder what the hell yeah. that's like. Uh, is it is it a bit like Captain America waking up in two thousand eleven and uh, coming into contact with a bunch of things? Not necessarily because Richard Albert has traveled uh, off the island, but I would say getting settled into a new life. All this huge part of your life has been left behind much like we're going to experience josh with our future counterparts uh when they end up leaving that warehouse is a big yeah. deal um all right um mike do we we don't want to do mvps and lvps do we i mean we said last time on the end that we would just be rigging it for hurley and that doesn't feel fair yeah that feels like we're putting a, a four-toed foot on the scale here in terms of just being like well we purposely just wanted to set up a, to give a point yeah. to hurley uh, plus, it'd be, it's tough because he is the new man in charge, but he is literally only in about 30 seconds of the entire episode. And so we'd have to probably give I would probably give it to Ben over Hurley, which then just undoes the entire idea of the exercise. Yeah, altogether. You know what? I would probably if we if you and I each had an MVP point, I would argue uh, that you should give yours to Hector and I should give mine to Glenn. And that would <laughs> <laughs> and that would be what I would do. So, uh, you know, we're not even going to bother. We're not even going to bother. Yeah, but we're going to say like, uh, for lack of a better term, ghost MVP points to yes. those two, right? Like, uh, me- like very much memorial, uh, metaphoric MVP points to those two, considering that those are these. They are us. We are. Uh, them. Mike, would you look at that? We are going to end an episode of Down the Hatch in under two hours. Ugh. Oh, activate the alarm. Mm-hmm. We're under 108 yeah, minutes. Yeah, roll the clip. Uh, no, I don't have that readily available, and I don't think that you do either. Do you have the system failure clip readily available? Uh, give me Let's just see. I mean, I think I know second. where it is on my computer. Yeah, wait, wait. Hold on. Here we go. Podcast failure. Podcast failure. Wiggler failure. Mike Bloom failure. You have triggered podcast crisis, electromagnetic crisis. You have been too indecisive. Now you must make sacrifices. You have triggered podcast crisis, 108 minute crisis. You spent too much time on the island. Now you owe us something priceless. You have triggered podcast crisis, scary black smoke monster crisis. There's no false safe key that's hiding. This podcast should have ended by now. You owe us another podcast, brother. So imagine us playing that for basically like every yeah. podcast we did except like for two yeah. or three. Because originally, again, every podcast was supposed under to be eight, under eight minutes, as the lyrics are saying. So imagine we had to play that basically that blaring yeah. noise and the dulcet tones of Alex G nearly every podcast um, we did. Hilarious. It has been literal years since we have played that on the podcast at this point. Yeah, we, we only played it once during Tabula Rasa, our first like normal episode yeah. recap. So it has been... Two and a half. At years. which point we were having like actual anxiety uh, and panicked back and backs and forth. Yeah, you were you were yelling at me because I wanted to extend a discussion point, and you said no, no, no we can't. I, I even uh, mean off microphone. Where afterwards we're like, shit, like we can't do a hundred bonus podcasts. It's not a thing that we can yeah, do. Exactly. 
No, because that's like the we equivalent to, of Dharma Granola we're bars, have to right? Like, the podcast, or we're going to have to change the podcast. So we changed the podcast. I think everything worked out. Uh, but I remember those yeah. uh, first uh, couple podcasts that we did for Dad the Hatch. We're like, oh shit, we promised a thing that we absolutely cannot do. Oh god, oh jeez. Uh, but yeah. Well, listen, much much like a certain you know duo behind the show Lost that we love, we we pivot. We have an initial you know idea for something which we stick to and then maybe there are little things that we tweak here and there due to unforeseen circumstances and we end up producing something beautiful yeah, at the end uh, well you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder is what i've been told mike but to me you are beautiful thank you so so james mm-hmm. blunt about it but i love it and i think you are beautiful as well josh oh my goodness so this is like i know our last episode was the last proper recap but this is like the last sort of pseudo well, recap. Until Aloha of lost. lost, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that counts, I suppose. <laughs> there will be reasons to recap things along the way, I am sure, but it's definitely not our last conversation about Lost, not by a long shot. Let me also give another tease of Aloha to Lost. There is a celebrity superfan of Lost. You will not believe A, who it is, and B, what they do in dedication to a specific cast member of yeah. Lost. I could give you all the guesses in the world and you would never get all the answers correct. It's not correct. great. Uh, it's, it's nope. N- By 2021 circumstances, it's, it's not, not great, great, but it makes it even it's wilder. It's not great. Uh, there's a couple of sightings and references to people that are not fantastic in Aloha to Lost, <laughs> uh, which we'll talk about someday, but not today. Um, and we're not done talking about Lost. We're done recapping Lost. We're not done having conversations about Lost. Uh, we are going to be coming back next week with the epic Season 6 feedback special. We're going to bump it by a day so that we can hit it on 108, because that's a fun way to play it. Wow, just realizing Truck 108. That's wild. Um, mm, oh my goodness. Oh wait, it's Tom Westman. Uh-huh. Is he a candidate? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And so we're going to do that on January 8th. Later in January, we will come back with an additional bonus show. Uh, and then February is when Mike and I and Down the Hatch, we are kicking off the official Lost episode rankings as ranked by Down the Hatch, by the process that we have been instituting all series long. We shall survey those results. We will use that to guide us through, uh, multiple podcasts is what I will say it will be more than one podcast mm. will be more than two <laughs> will be more than three will be more than three thousand like the year that you are listening this oh, is this, 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 yeah this fears like 311 we're doing are you one are you two just counting so up we don't there. know we have no idea it will be what it will be and that will be that and it's going to be tremendously fun whatever form it takes i'm really excited about it something that mike and i have been talking about for uh, actual months at this point so uh mm-hmm. something that we've yeah, wanted to I'm, do. I'm really yeah. pumped it's an opportunity to not only revisit episodes of Lost, but I think we've seen this a bit with you know our compatriot Rob Sister, you know, and like checking out audience data as well of, oh, I'm surprised this episode ranked above this episode. You know, the Ben Behind the Curtain has done a great job of comparing them, but we haven't looked at the full list. It's going to be really fun to see, okay, what is like, by our standards, the actual worst episode of Lost? What is the best? What surprises us? What doesn't? I'm sure we'll be able to take some jogs down memory lane as well, do our own tour de stade, if you will, uh, because certainly we have been awoken to certain things that we have said on this podcast, Josh, that you and I, I do no have memory. absolutely no, no memory, memory of. so much of this. Uh, and so, you know, it's it's been a great opportunity to be able to re-engage in that and realize some of the things that we have said, that we have set up and dropped, shooting the ranch as an example. So it'll be a nice sort of way to commemorate not only this journey we took with Lost, but down the hatch as well. But in the meantime, as well, if, if you want to check out us talking about other things besides Lost, 
My goodness, we are keeping ourselves more busy than Hector and Glenn doing, you know, uh, pallet drops every like 108 minutes or whatever with all the stuff you and I are doing on Post There's Show Recaps. There's a lot that's going on on Post Show Recaps right now. Um, uh, Mike, tell us about the podcast that you've got going on at the moment. All right, so I'll start with the past, and I guess I'll move towards the future. Uh, so the X-Files, Angela Bloom and I are wrapping up season eight this week. Uh, it's a big one. This is sort of like the loose, supposed to be the loose departure of Gillian Anderson. Um, David Duchovny appears in like half of season eight, but it's pretty much supposed to be like off the main cast of the show. Gillian Anderson intended to leave, but she comes back in a main capacity in season nine. So we're going to get into some really weird stuff as we round the corner, but it's a pretty big threshold to cross. Also, Angela and I are talking about The Witcher, all of which dropped season two on Netflix on December 17th. We're talking episode three this coming week. Uh, we're over a quarter of the way through, and we've had a really fun time. So we do it in two ways. We do it just a piecemeal recap for those that are watching one episode at a time. And then we do a sort of spoiler-filled, hey, wasn't this fun in retrospect, given the entire scope of the season with the full season entirely? So if you, either way you watch the series, I think you'll enjoy that podcast. And then something incredibly new that launched, Josh, uh, the long time to go Star Wars of it all lie dormant for some time as if frozen in carbonite or lying in a Sarlacc pit. But it has emerged from the sand. Uh, I have the great honor and pleasure of taking the helm when it comes to coverage of the book of Boba Fett, which on the day we're recording this just was coming out uh, with its first episode. Really intriguing first episode featured a lot of flashbacks in a similar way to Lost. I got together with our Philly, who have you, heard, you have heard a few times over here on Down the Hatch, as well as the great Latanya Starks to break down that episode. Only one of seven episodes, uh, so it's going to be a slim offering, but I'm sure it's going to be very hearty at that. So if you're a Star Wars fan, check out the series on Disney+, Plus, and then tune into our coverage. We're going to be back every week, and maybe... In the next couple of weeks as well, there might be even more Mike Bloom podcasts coming into your feed, depending on what you may be checking uh, so out. So a lot of things on my end as well. Um, a couple of really wild swings of podcasting coming your way. Um, I had this really fun slash stupid idea to uh, Cobra Kai Season 4 is coming out uh, on Netflix December 31st. Although I suppose this podcast is also dropping December 31st, so it's out right now! Happy mm. New Year! Uh, Cobra Kai Season 4, we're recapping that here on Post Show Recaps with a daily podcast about Cobra Kai Season 4 <laughs> until we are so through. So we're, yeah, we're taking completely opposite yes. approaches to the Netflix stuff. I'm going slow and steady. You are the hair just racing ahead. We're trying to see ahead. how that works. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot to, there, there's a lot of reasons to, to give it a shot and not a ton of good reasons other than it's very fun and let's do something stupid and fun. Uh, so a daily Cobra Kai podcast is coming your way. Uh, as you are listening to this, it should be available the first episode for you at the very least as well as a preview show. Different rotating guests. It's going to be very, very fun. Um, we also are starting coverage of another show uh, that we are going to be uh, getting in on a little bit late. It's in its first season right now uh, and it is getting close to the end of the line of its first season. It's a very buzzy new show right now that Ooh. also involves people stranded in a remote location via plane crash. 
Oh, you're talking about the the wild, right? On Amazon That's Prime, not the one. Uh, Yellow Jackets on Showtime uh, has been uh, one that's been on my radar, and we are finally now that uh, myself and my Succession co-hosts Jess Sterling and Grace Leader are both free to to you know cover a different show beyond the Succession minds that the three of us have been in. We are going to be setting our sights on catching up on what we've missed with Yellow Jackets. We're going to be bombarding your podcast feed on the. Post- Recaps main feed with recaps of Yellow Jackets. It's a show on Showtime that if you enjoyed Lost, which I assume you did because you got this far in the podcast. <laughs> Lord, I hope you enjoyed Lost if you're listening to this at this um, point. I really think that you will enjoy uh, Yellow Jackets and I think that you'll enjoy the, the podcast. And so that's going to be starting up in the new year, the podcast coverage of that. So keep an eye out for that. We will uh, make sure to... to, uh, to to put it on your radar uh, even further than mm. it currently is. So those are just a couple of the things oh, I, I wanted to shout out here. And let me also mention from the reality TV side of things, I believe the next time that we'll be talking, uh, The Amazing Race 33 will have premiered. If people are looking for like that post-survivor reality TV rush, very much recommend uh, The Amazing Race. It's going to be an odd season, considering that it filmed partially before the pandemic and mostly after the pandemic, but I'm going to be doing weekly coverage of that with Rob and Jessica Lees over on RHAP proper, plus doing exit pass for Parade.com. So, yeah, suffice it to say, I think people think the holidays is a slow period very much not so for us over here on post show recaps and we, we like it are that way. busy and we are having a really fun time with all of it so more lost down the hatch coming your way next month two shows next month in the new year at the start of the new year and then we're back we're doing the episode ranking countdown it's gonna be a blast we hope you're as excited for it as we are down the hatch at postshowrecaps.com to get all your feedback and fish biscuits in for that still time to get your feedback in for the season six feed feedback special as well so we're really excited about all of that we will be back next week on 108 with that feedback show until then everybody take care bye-bye Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.